Today, you are in the quarterback room. Today, we're talking to Fernando Mendoza. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider Ultimate Insider Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, and today, you are in the quarterback room. Every year, I like to talk to our quarterbacks and talk about what's going on with the Bears at the position, to me, that matters the most. Now, obviously, the offensive line, super important. But today we're talking to Fernando Mendoza, redshirt freshman quarterback out of Miami. And Fernando, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Mr. Pulaski. I, I appreciate the opportunity. That, that tells you right away uh, how, as a redshirt freshman, Fernando called me Mr. Pulaski. When I had Jared Goff on my show, I asked him who his favorite Cal quarterback was of all times. And I think he said Aaron Rodgers, which makes sense because Aaron was really good. Yeah. But then I said, well, what about me? And he goes, well, I wasn't alive while you were playing. So, you know, there's that. So anyway, welcome to the show. New generation, new iteration of Cal quarterbacks. And let's tell everybody a little bit about you. We've talked QB out of Miami and you played in one of the worst offenses in terms of scheme in the history of football for a quarterback, the wing T, right? So talk, yeah. talk to me about your experience in Columbus High School growing up in Miami and playing the wing T. Well, well, first off, I first want to say that, uh, although Jared Goff, he had a great answer there, I would like to say that I think every quarterback at Cal does strive to go 10-2 and two as you and win Pac-10 or Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. So it does get in that out I appreciate out that, brother. Thank you. That's a pretty, like see, right there, nice you get an apple for the enough. teacher right off the bat. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so in high school, throughout middle school, from from sixth to ninth grade, I was in a wing T system. Was It was like probably 90% of the time we ran the ball. So it was really focused on running the rock. And we had a great running back at the time. His name was Don Chaney. And he's at UM right now. He's doing great over there. So the offense was kind of schemed towards his play style. But during my ninth grade season, I had the aspirations to play college football, and I knew it wouldn't get there, especially as a dynamic offense as Cal, as they recruit dynamic uh, uh, quarterbacks that come from dy dynamic offenses. I was uh, thinking that I needed to uh, switch it up, so I transferred to another school called Christopher Columbus High School down in Miami, Florida. And the coach is there, Coach Dunn. He was an offensive mind. He coached in college. He coached at Harvard, Marshall, and a couple other places. And he kind of just implemented the spread kind of multiple system with me. So I worked with a lot of 11 personnel, such as we do now here with Coach Spavadol. So the transition has been pretty easy. But going from that wing tee to kind of spread offense, man, was that tough. I Mr. Pulaski, I took every single snap from under center and then finally trying to catch the ball on shotgun. I mean, at first I had trouble catching the ball because I'd never caught a ball from shotgun ever. But then uh, the transition went well, and I'm happy that I transferred to Columbus, and it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah, that's awesome. People don't realize, like, all the little things you do as a quarterback, taking shotgun snaps, it's way harder than it looks when you're out there because you're trying to focus on defense downfield. When I was playing in the wing tee, we didn't ever do any turn drops. Everything was straight backpedal. So when I got to Cal, all of a sudden, I'm supposed to learn how to turn drop. And it was a whole year just to learn the process of how to get my balance right, my body right, doing turn drops. So just the littlest things make a huge difference. And exposure to them is absolutely enormous. Yeah, I, I could definitely – oh, sorry to cut you off there. But no, no, I could, no, go ahead. I could, I could definitely relate. I mean – I know you're quite the stud at running back as well. And yeah, I know you had over a thousand yards rushing. Personally, myself, I'm not 
I, I would say I'm pretty fast and I'm a pretty dynamic runner. I'm nowhere near you. So the wing tee was a little bit of a harder offense to kind of go and operate. So everybody who was grading me coming out said, well, if he's not a quarterback, he'll be a safety too. So they were looking at me as both, which is pretty funny when you think about the athletes that are playing at that level. So let's talk, let's talk about kind of your, your process of your growth, your, your development as a quarterback. You said you had a good coach down there who was an offensive guy. Did you have an outside quarterback coach? as so many quarterbacks do now, or was it just your high school coach who was working with you? So throughout the entire high school process, I had had a couple quarterback coaches. As Miami, it's not the quarterback coaching hotbed, such as you'll see in Texas or California, where around every corner there's somebody that's a, a professional quarterback coach. So I had a couple quarterback coaches. One that really helped me was Coach, coach Wilson. He really helped me through and really advanced my football IQ. And a couple other ones were Coach Wilkie Perez, who played at West Virginia. And then most recently, Coach David Lee, that I met through the, one of the graduate assistants at Alabama. I went to their camp. He recommended me to Coach Lee. And he actually helped me get the cow spot, which was a great connection to have because he was connected to Musgrave. But all of them great coaches, and they really developed me into the player I am today. Yeah, it's great. It's it's so important, like I said, to be exposed to a lot of these concepts or skills. You may not use them at, you know, at any stage or at some stages, but to have all those skills in your bag of tricks. I had a high school quarterback named Teddy Boris, who's going to be at City College next year, but he he went to Idaho and they were having him in there for a workout. And the coach is like, oh, we would do an under center drop, but you don't do him. He's like, oh, but my quarterback coach teaches me under center drop so we can do it. And like he just went out there and he could drop from under center and do all those things. So having them in your bag of tricks is so important uh, that you know what you're doing with them. One of the things I noticed, I had the opportunity to be in meetings this year, just one meeting. But your attention to detail is really, for me as a quarterback, the mental part of the game is 60 or 70 percent of the game get your physical right you can do that you take the reps you get your physical but the mental part of your game is 60 70 percent playing that position where did you learn that i would say from a young age i've always tried to be the top of the pack and always catch up with with the rest of the crew and i've, I've been watching man the arena it's a tom brady documentary on espn plus and i think he quotes it great he was saying that although he wasn't the most physically talented he didn't run a four two and he wasn't, you know, the strongest guy. He was able to catch up through just his football IQ. And I kind of took that to heart because in the early part of my career in high school, I was very, I was not athletic. And so I was, I figured, hey, let me emulate my my idol, Tom Brady, because I born I was born in Boston. So let me emulate him and kind of, you know, develop that football IQ. And all those coaches through the coaches at Columbus and my other quarterback coaches, they all helped me develop my football IQ. And so I took a great pride in that. And I kind of saw the separator between the good quarterbacks and the great quarterbacks. And I think the football IQ has helped me a lot. And you can just see through Coach Musgrave, Coach Spavadol. Just I've, I, I feel that at the college level, everybody can make the throws. It's really about the decision making. So I feel like football IQ is probably one of my biggest strengths and biggest emphasis. And being able to make the throws, if you can anticipate, becomes way easier. Like if I know oh, it's going to happen, I can get my feet there before I make the throw. Whereas if you're late, if you're guessing, if you're reacting, it, it can be tougher to make those throws. But I love your approach to the game in that regard. Being prepared is the difference maker. 
right? That's the delineator for athletes. And you talk to anybody who understands peak performance. You talk to anybody who understands about winning. And the athlete that comes prepared is the guy who stands the best chance to win. Because I've seen so many guys that were super talented that did not bring it in the film room, who did not bring it in meetings, who couldn't get on the whiteboard and describe plays for you because they just thought they were going to be more talented than everybody else. So I appreciate your approach to that. For me, that's a big one. You mentioned playing for Bill Musgrave when you came in. He recruited you. And you go now from that pro-style, West Coast-style offense, which has a lot of words. I mean, there's a lot of verbiage, right? A lot of motions, a lot of checks, a lot of reads, a lot of understanding, all about the defensive key read, you knowing who to look at on defense. And then you come into Coach Spav's offense. And it's I liken it to going from – you know, a heavy armored truck that has so many details you got to handle. And it's really effective when it works to this high speed race car, man, where the wheels can come off at any second, but you got, you just work in progressions. It's making it easy, right? Quick right now, create space. Talk to me about working in Billy's offense, coach Musgrave's offense, and then now in coach Spav's offense. Well, I totally agree with both of those, with both of those descriptions right there, sir. But I will say that you're, Coach Musgrave and Coach Spav are both great offensive minds. And it was really great to kind of get the spectrum from both of them, more of like Coach Musgrave's, which is a pro-style offense, to more of Coach Spav at all, which is more of an air raid offense. And so both of them have really helped me. However, Coach Musgrave, as you said, when it, when you were calling the plays in the wristband, I mean, there were some long-winded plays. And, I mean, it was really good to get the experience under center. And I think that's what helped uh, develop my attention to detail because I needed to be a commander and kind of, take command of all these little different details and kind of read all these different little intricacies within the offense and within the defense. And then transitioning to Coach Spav, I think that attention to detail actually helped me because Coach Coach Spav's offense is super, super explosive and has developed great quarterbacks in the past. So, and Coach, uh, Coach Spav's offense is a little bit more simple. Coach Musgraves, we were in the huddle around 40% of the time. And Coach Spav, as you guys, as everyone saw in spring game, we were never in the huddle. We've never even done a huddle. So it's a lot different within tempo and kind of scheme, but I think they're both great offenses. But Coach Spav's offense is pretty explosive, and I love it. I love both. No doubt. Well, the, the air raid challenges for passing leader every single year. Coach Mike Leach was a good buddy of mine, uh, one of the guys who came up with that along with Hal Mummy. And we used to talk about air raid concepts and schemes all the time. And so I love the system. As a quarterback, you have to love the system uh, because it is explosive and it creates open space, gives your receivers some ability to create out there with some options. And there, there isn't nearly as much of that in the West Coast because it's a lot more formatted. I'm going to do this. This is my read. This is where it takes me. These are my progressions. Like it's, it's very regimented in the West Coast as opposed to the air raid, as you've learned playing in both systems now. Talk to me about the spring that you had. How did you think it went this year? And you talked a little bit about, you know, going from West Coast to the air raid and how much that helped. Tell me how you think your spring ball was this year and, and where there's always a quarter comp, quarterback competition. I don't care if it's Tom Brady in his last year with a rookie coming yep. in. Quarterbacks, if you're not competing, you're not a quarterback, period. You might as well do something else. So talk to me about that quarterback competition. Talk to me about how your spring went. So this is my first spring at Cal. Uh, I didn't attend spring last year because I was a junior enrollee. However, as you said, I mean, competition is 
probably one of the most important factors of being a quarterback, being able to handle that competition and rise to the top throughout my life, whether it was in each of my high schools or even early on in my college career, such as now, competition is being key. I've always kind of been like the underdog or, or a sense or like backup. And I've kind of learned how to battle through that and not to compare myself to the other guy and kind of improve on myself and kind of just be the best quarterback that I can, that I can be. And through Coach Spavadol, I've seen myself improve a ton, especially with spring. I mean, there was points in spring where I was getting 40 live reps of practice of seven on seven in team. And that just mostly unheard of in college football. So I was ecstatic to get all those reps. And I mean, throughout the spring, I wasn't sure I was going to go. As I said before, it was my first spring. However, I was really happy with my spring experience and how I handled it. I felt that I was prepared. I felt like that I had a good showing in the spring game. And to be quite honest, I felt like a whole new quarterback from the first day of spring to the, to the after the spring game. So I look forward to building on that in fall camp. But it was definitely a great experience in spring with all my teammates. It was kind of a little bit more of a not relaxed mood because everyone always wants to be the best at all times here at Cal. But it was really good to kind of see. There was no, like, real stress, like, oh, my God, we need to get on a plane and go travel and go play Colorado or go play Notre Dame. It was more of, like, you need to get better. We're going to help you through this, and let's improve as quarterback room. So okay. all the quarterbacks have been great, and I'm, we're, we're all leaders. So I think we all complement each other great and complement the offense great. And at the end of the day, our quarterback room, our main goal is to win. We want to win. We want to win bowl games. And, and we've kind of come to that as, con- as a consensus. So no matter who wins a competition or if there is a competition, which there always is, all I do, all, all I want to do is win. And I, and I leave it up to Coach Spavadol to develop all of us to make the right decisions. So I love that. And, and that's the difference in those two offenses, too, is that the West Coast offense kind of always gives you a little bit of tight sphincter syndrome where playing an air raid will get you playing fast and get guys going and it's fun and you, you can just have they're both fun don't get me wrong but that yeah. air raid system is wide open and it makes it super fun for all the athletes which is pretty cool less to remember less to grind less to think and more to act and that, i love that about the air raid system does it have an answer right, for so everything not always but it's more fun yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. At the first couple of practices, it was a little tight. I was kind of like tied up, kind of worried all my decisions, all my playmaking. And Coach Spav and Coach Wilcox, who both been great mentors, kind of sat down, sat down with me and told me, hey, got to be relaxed. This offense is built for a quarterback such as yourself. You're going to do great in it. Just relax and play and press the buttons that you need to press and and just essentially ball out. So then after that, I became a lot more relaxed. I trusted in the system. And it was a little bit of a little transition period there, but I think the transition went well. Well, and I love it. And, you know, this is something I was going to get to later in, in the podcast, but I talk to young quarterbacks. And I, I, I talk, I speak publicly about mindset all the time. And so what you're talking about is having that growth mindset, being able to take every opportunity as a learning experience rather than keeping that pressure on. And when we're putting the pressure on early, <clears throat> that's more of a fixed mindset. And that, ooh, everything's coming down on me and I'm future-oriented, right? I'm result-oriented as, as opposed to being in the moment. And so just as a fellow Cal quarterback, being in the moment, being present is going to help you. How do you feel about kind of that concept, that growth mindset, and about being present? How are you at being present for the moment, getting this rep? So I watched a great interview that you and Coach Spavadol had, and I saw a little segment where Coach Spav said, 
I think for one of the most important growth factors for a quarterback is throw them in the fire. And that's one thing that he's done with me. He's throwing me in the fire, throwing versus the first team, throwing versus essentially different looks. Coach Sermon has done a great job with the defense, cover zero, just all these different, all these different types of blitzes and everything. And kind of being thrown in the fire is helping with that growth mindset because as Coach Wilcox preaches, and I and I really embody, I never want to make the same mistake twice. So I'll take, as you said, I'll be very, I'll have a very attention to detail. I'll write those notes down. I'll read them throughout the day and read them before I go to bed and really make, making sure I never make the same mistake twice. And so that, so I've really grown, I've really grown through that process in a way of kind of reviewing my details and taking an emphasis on my football IQ and kind of seeing every opportunity as a growth opportunity. It doesn't need to be perfect. You're going to mess up, but it's the best you can do and just put the offensive position to not turn the ball over and score. Yeah, you're going to mess up. We all do, right? I I, yeah. I got to win the Pac-10 Offensive Player of the Year. We went 10-2, and two, but I threw three picks against Washington, too. Like So it happens, and you just got to keep moving forward. Every time you do it, you just don't make that same mistake again. I love that attitude. I love that mentality. How much do you use visualization? I would say I use visualization a lot. My mom has kind of embodied it through me. Uh, my mom's dealing with a disease called multiple sclerosis and she's oh, yeah. kind of ever throughout, I mean, ever since a young age, she's really helped me and kind of like, Hey, you need to visualize a good thing. So before every single game, I take 10 minutes to kind of visualize the plays, visualize me throwing the ball, visualize the defense, visualizing the defense rolling coverage, then me hitting the seam on the other side. And just those different aspects of visualization to kind of, in a way, visualize a positive result. And I've read a lot of articles. I know Steph Curry and other great athletes, such as Tom Brady, uses visualization. I think it's very important in terms of accuracy and just terms of football IQ and everything. So I think it's a very important part of my game. Super important. Your mind doesn't know the difference between a memory that you actually took a rep and a visual, visualized rep. And so if you're creating, imprinting that on your mind, then you're getting those reps, those extra reps while you're doing the visualization. That became a huge part of my game while I was at Cal. And then for my 11 year pro career, it was a big, big difference maker. And so my brother actually has MS too. So there's another thing that we have oh. in common there. So I, I understand that as well. So best, yeah. best of, uh, best love to your mom, of course. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Talk to me about your approach as a quarterback in the game, about your leadership skills, about, how, how you approach your teammates, how you approach the challenge of playing. My number one goal when I'm in the game is to do my job. I want to score. We got to score to win. We got to score points. And I also can't lose a game for us. I can't turn the ball over. So although we're going to take shots and coach Spav's offense, as, as you said, you're going to mess up sometimes. Coach Spav is a great terminology when he says, you just got to keep on shooting. Sometimes you're going to miss a throw. It can't be perfect every single time. But as a quarterback, you just got to flush that out. Hey, I have many more opportunities. I have a lot of more opportunities. So let me just keep on shooting, keep on throwing. So I think it's a really good uh, concept he's installed in us. And other than that, I mean, leadership, I think that as a leader, you need to serve first. I mean, I've learned from one of my coaches, Coach David Lee, who's really good friends, and he coached Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington, he'd always preach that you got to serve first. Whenever you're coming off conditioning or coming off a drive, you always got to serve your teammates' water, your linemen, your running backs, your receivers, all the different positions. You got you need to serve them so they can believe in you as a leader, and then they can also fight for you. So they can block for you. They can catch the ball for you. And I think as a leader, you need to, need to be selfless. 
And you also need to encourage. You need to motivate. That's a really big part of leadership. And I think I've embodied that. I need to get a lot better at it. But all my teammates have really helped me try to be, have helped me elevate my leader. One of the big things leaders have to have too is belief, right? So you, you have to believe so much and so well that your teammates catch that belief. It's infectious for them. You're repeating the process. You're telling these guys, we are going to win. We are, you, you are literally picking up their belief. They may have doubts. They may want to be lazy. They may want to take a day off, but that belief and that accountability is a huge difference maker. How much is that a part of your game? I mean, buying in is everything. Everything. You can be the, the most talented team. You could have the best roster ever, but if everyone's like, oh, we're going to go six and six. Oh, we're going to have, we're not going to make a bowl game. If everyone says that, oh, we're not going to win this game. You almost have zero to little chance of winning a game like that ever. So the biggest thing that Coach Wilcox preaches, and we just preach as an entire football team, is winning. We believe that we can win the Pac-12 championship. We believe that we can win a bowl game. We believe that we can eventually win the Rose Bowl. I mean, the belief is everything. And if you believe, no matter if the other team is more talented than you, has a better scheme than you, if you band together as a team of brothers and a team of effective coaching, you can win anything if you believe. Yeah, and hold everybody accountable too. Yeah. What are your What are your best attributes? What are your skills as a quarterback that that you bring to the position? As I mentioned before, I'd say my football IQ is definitely up there. My decision making, Coach Spav, actually helped me a lot with that. Helped me develop that trait. I would say leadership, accuracy, and playmaking ability. As far as I can, I can hit a 20-yard run. However, if I'm in the pocket, I'm have good playmaking decision where I can either throw the ball away if I'm about to get sacked or kind of just intuition throughout the game, kind of understanding scenarios, whether it's two minutes, whether it's, two, or whether it's a goal line or whether it's four-minute scenario. I feel like I have a pretty good sense of all those scenarios and how to work those. So I'd say those are my strengths. And then what do you need to work on as a quarterback? As a, as a quarterback, you can always work on your accuracy. I mean, although Coach Bass says, keep on shooting, I want to minimize those shots missed. So I'm going to work on my accuracy a lot. And for me, being a pro-style quarterback, I can always work on my speed and agility. I feel like I'm a pretty fast quarterback and I've hit some top speeds. But now it's just for myself to develop that shiftiness and agility in order to, to shake two defenders instead of just one. Yeah, the explosiveness, right? Everybody calls yeah. it the twitch. You want to develop that twitch. That's what everybody's always looking for. Plyos were my favorite thing to do when I was at Cal. I just I would, I would wear myself out doing plyos and cleans. But back then, we were all Olympic yeah. lifting. Like, we would, we would get in the weight room and squat and clean and bench, and, and that was it. It's a little different now. You guys get functional strength, which is nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the strength and conditioning staff has done a great job of that. And I know you were talking about the NFL draft earlier, but you can just see like all the top NFL quarterbacks, draft prospects, all that twitch, especially Bryce Young. They all have that little twitch within them. So Yeah, yeah Bryce Young is a pretty special quarterback, right? He, he yeah. is a playmaker, an operator, as I like to call it. Uh, really, really good football player. So in this day and age, you guys face a couple of things that I didn't face when I was there. We didn't have cell phones that could take pictures at the drop of a hat, right? And so no matter what you did, you always have to be on guard. But then we also didn't have the NIL and we didn't have the transfer portal. When we got to Cal, we were indentured servants. Like we were there <laughs> through the end of it or else we were going to lose yeah. a couple of years. 
And so you guys have more options. There's a free agency for college football now. And so as a young quarterback, how do you deal with that? You made the decision this year, and so many quarterbacks take off. They get disappointed and they take off. But you said, I'm sticking it out. I'm, I'm staying here. I wanna, I'm going to make something happen here. How do you make that decision? How do you go about those decisions during this day and age of college football? When I, when I went into my exit meeting, exit of spring meeting with Coach Spavadol, I told him some of my goals. And when we were discussing those goals and discussing the competition, I, I first let him know that I'm not the type of guy to go transfer because I'm losing a starting quarterback job. I'd only transfer an extreme case, if any. As my roommate and I, Michael Luckers, the kicker, we always talk about and we always we hear from a lot of successful people who've been really successful in the NFL, and we really value the process. I know I'm nowhere near my ceiling, and I know under Coach Bavadol, I'm going to continue to develop into being a great quarterback one day. And I value all the coaches at Cal, and I just really value waiting my turn, whether if it's the beginning of this season, next season, or in the middle of a game next uh, in the middle of the game next season, or whatever season comes up. And whenever my opportunity arises, I know I'm going to take advantage of it. And I don't know if I can show you literally my, my background, my phone. It's Tom Brady. This is the first time he went in versus the Jets after Drew Bledsoe. And through NIL, everyone, there's a lot of money to be thrown around. And Tom Brady, he came in and replaced the $100 million quarterback, Drew Bledsoe. So no matter what happens with the transfer portal, who comes in, who I'm competing against, I'm just going to strive to be the best quarterback I can. I have to be ready for my opportunity. Yeah. You ever hear the story of Wally Pipp? No, I haven't. So same concept. Mickey Mantle was a young player and oh, Wally yeah. Pipp, you know, was there. Wally Pipp took a day off or got sick or whatever it was. And Mickey Mantle comes in. That's the last you heard of Wally Pipp. Like he took over and that was it. He owned it from there on out. And that's exactly how it can happen. You you go in, you take a shot, you become the guy. Even if you're not the guy to start the season, you take that shot, you become the guy. And it, it's Sports are pretty dynamic, man. It's like life, only in concentrated form. You got to make the yeah. right decisions at the time. You don't have two years to putz around and figure out, oh, should I do this or not? No, it's got to happen today or else it ain't going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. At the end of the day, I'm a competitor. I'm going to fight till the end. I'm going to be the best person myself. I'm not going to tear anybody, bring anyone down, talk about, about my competition. Oh, I should be starting. Oh, I should be above this guy. At the end of the day, coach makes the decision. So who's going to be best suited to help our team win games. And that's how, that's the philosophy I'm behind. And at the end of the day, I'm just going to work my butt off and put our team in the best position they can. So well, I love that. So, so tell me about the academic side. What's your plan academically at Cal? So my plan academically at Cal, I came, uh, Christopher Columbus, I was in the Moss program there and it was kind of the honors program. So I was very academically inclined from high school. So I came into Cal with around 30 college units. So I've applied to the Haas business program, business school this year. So I actually find out June 16th, whether I get in or not. So fingers crossed, hope I get in, but I take my academics very seriously. I know many of the teachers wouldn't like to hear this, but for me, it's football number one, academics number two, and then I'll be social number three. And right now I have a 3.9 GPA. I've gotten all A's at, at Berkeley. So I'm very inclined academically and look forward to getting into the Haas business school. And just keep on. I mean, I, I, have a lot, I have a strong emphasis on my studies. I was committed to Yale before I decommitted and, and went to Cal. So I think education is great as football ends at some point. I mean, my goal is to be in the NFL five plus years. I have it right up on my wall there. So 
after that, I need to have some type of education or some type of personality, or I need to develop a show like Gridiron Outdoors, such as yourself. So I need to do something. So take academics pretty seriously. Got to have a plan. And you're right. And you're right. Yeah. Priorities. Like you're here as a college athlete. You're here as a football player. So oh, yeah. it has to be football number one. And whether people like it or not, football pays the bills right now. So that's oh, what you're doing. That comes first. Academics are part of that, right? It falls under that umbrella, but that's important. And having a plan for afterwards, super important. Hopefully you get into Haas Business School. Make yeah, sure, make sure that you are networking while you're here. You're really good at it. More than most, you're good at it talking to people, shaking hands, but don't stand around like a wallflower when you're at these meetings. Go out there, meet people. The Cal alums, our business leaders, the people in our community are phenomenal. Uh, and so having that network in place by the time you're done playing will serve you well. Yeah, that's been great. I mean, we had a career roundtable the other day that Mr. Boshan and others from the Cameron Institute set up, and we had a ton of industry leaders and we were all able to come for around two hours and kind of go throughout tables and different industries that we are interested in. And I got a lot of uh, business cards. I have some over there on my, on my desk, but a lot of business cards to hopefully open doors for new internships and job opportunities in the future. But I think the Cal football team has done a great job of exposing us to our alumni and kind of helping us network. So no doubt about it. Really and while you're and while you're while you're playing, just keep those leads warm, right? Don't let those oh, yeah. go away. Every now and then reach out, send an email, send a text, whatever it takes, just to kind of let those relationships develop as they will. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on, brother. I'm looking forward to watching you play. I think you're an operator. When I watch you play, oh. I think you're an operator. I love I love the way that you work in the system. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you get some reps here, live reps in game, uh, and seeing what you can do out on the field. That'd be great. Mr. Pulaski, I appreciate for having me, uh, for having me on. We got to talk soon. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be seeing you soon off camera somewhere else here. We'll grab some dinner sometime, but I appreciate oh, you coming great. on for everybody at home. Thank you for watching ultimate insider bear insiders podcast. I'm Mike Pulaski as always go bears. <laughs>